Welcome to Emil Franzing's Voices of the West, dedicated to the principle that America was better off when our TV shows featured cowboys instead of lawyers. And a very pleasant good Saturday afternoon. I'm Harry Alexander. This is Emil Franzi's Voices of the West here on uh, the Internet. We're also broadcasting or simulcasting on our YouTube channel as well as at uh, VoicesOfTheWest.net. And today's program is, uh, well, before we get to today's program, let me uh, bring over our, our, our buddy, our pard over there. That would be Mr. DeFrance. Where do you go? He's always he's always running around there. Yeah. Hi, Bunker. Well, hello, Harry. How you doing? Who we got in the studio to with us today? We in this in the studio today. The we, have, studio. Uh, we have we uh, have a good friend of ours, and uh, he's been with us a couple of times. He's uh, been back on, in the beginning. Back in the beginning, he's been on the show. He's been. Uh, Member of the Empire Ranch Foundation and blah 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 blah. Yeah, it's John yeah, Camrata. Yeah. Howdy, boys. How you doing? Good to see you. Oh, yeah. that was Good so western. How John. about howdy, that? Right? Howdy, John. Yeah, a great big western welcome. <laughs> howdy, howdy. Howdy, boys. <laughs> yeah, John. John is the man who uh, who coined uh, a phrase that uh, I will I will never forget. How could the West have been won without French, French horns? horns. Exactly. And if you listen to any of those great Westerns, you always have those French horns. What is it about the French horn? I don't know. It just creates excitement, the brass and everything, you know. Uh, yeah. um, those older movies and even some of the newer ones, they used the full orchestras. I mean, they used the oboes. They used French horns. And uh, it was a whole, they, they set they, the pace, you know, for they everything. from the classics. That's right. And most of the composers were from the classics, yeah, also orchestral arrangers uh, and composers, mm. and uh, but the French horns like Silverado, boy, you hear those French horns at the beginning and uh, da 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 da. You never hear any Lithuanian. Horns. Nah, you don't hear. It's always French, you know. Yeah. The French dressing and it's all damn that. Damn French. Ah, uh, the French. <laughs> Who cares about <laughs> the French? Uh, I don't know. Fromage, yeah, for uh, sure. Yeah. All right, uh, let's well, see. We're this... going to be talking about uh, music and uh, some. We are, and, and and I caught you off guard, didn't I? You snuck up on I me. I did. You have been withholding from me. Boy, howdy. <laughs> anyway, uh, we're going to talk a little bit of music. Uh, we're going to talk uh, old television westerns, series, and serials. John is a huge uh, hoppy aficionado. I like as sure. as are all. <laughs> As are all three of us, uh, but, but see, he's already got me going here. Bunker, what do you have that you want to take care of before I do what I have to do? Well, first of all, okay, I'll I'll do this, but we need to tell folks how to get in and join us because we want our phone partners to to phone in. Okay, to get into the program, it's very very simple. All you have to do is call 844-908-WEST, 844-908-9378. Doesn't cost you a plum nickel whatsoever. Free as a breeze. Free as a breeze. And, uh, of course, in this day and age of those cell phones, <laughs> you don't have to mess around with any of that. But that's the point. Uh, it's a free call to you, and uh, we'd love to have you on the show. You can ask John any questions about music that he probably will not answer. His and, private life. And his, his private life, which probably won't answer. But Judy, his wife, is here, so we'll ask oh, her instead. Anyway, Voices of the West at gmail.com is our email address, the Facebook page, uh, facebook.com slash Voices of the West. And we are a call-in show. And, yeah, we are a call-in show, so take it away. Okay, I've got one little announcement. Sherry Walker, good friend of mine, member of the IWW, I still think it's the Wobblies, International Western Music <laughs> Association. She's got a group called 43 Miles North, and they, they're going to be celebrating the Songs of the American West uh, Saturday, January 12th, this year, 2 p.m., Posada Life Center, that's Casa at 780 South Park Center Avenue in Green Valley. 
and it's free admission. They will probably have a hat or a jar out there if you want to throw a nickel or so into it. Mm-hmm. Uh, they'd be more than happy to hear it. No, no, no plugs or washers or anything like that. Oh, throw them in. You know, you never know when you're going to need a washer or something. You know, I picked up a washer today. I've never seen one like this either. It was shiny on one side and all textured on the other. Hmm. When a coin, huh? No, it wasn't a coin. Okay. Although I think it might be just the size of a nickel. I got to find a slot machine and see if it'll work. Here, I'll go out to out to the casino and see if it fit the nickel slots. <laughs> you would. <laughs> you would. All right, let's get talking here, John. You have a uh, rather illustrious music uh, career or, or background. Uh, you you taught, I think. Yeah. And right you also beginning uh-huh. wrote. Led. You you wrote music. You. Played uh, as a studio musician right. with uh, bunches of uh, people in uh, the uh, in Nashville, and you also uh, did music arranging. So yeah, he right. deranged music. I, I know. deranged them. He's That's a deranger. Right. He started out right, and I got in there, and it's screwed it's it all, all gone. <laughs> wait, wait a second, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta do that. What's that? Oh. <laughs> Hey, that rings a bell. Hey. Oh, God. One dingy. Cows are coming home or cows what? Cows are coming home, yeah. One ringy dingy. Yeah, keep going till the cows come there home. There you go, yeah. All right, so you got into music yeah. at a ripe young age. Yeah, an early age, I had a um, uh, teacher. I took up the trumpet, and uh, my trumpet teacher was in the seventh grade, and he took me to see a fellow named Maynard Ferguson. Wow. And it just knocked me out, and I said, I want to play the trumpet. And from there, I just... Uh, Started uh, practicing the trumpet and uh, uh, was in uh, the uh, went to Duquesne University Music School and uh, a lot of fine musicians musicians were there. I met my wife Judy. She was the accompanist for myself and one other guy, Denny Morales, who also uh, he's the um, the saxophone player and um, the fellow that arranged "You Are the Sunshine of My Life" for Stevie Wonder. Wow. And we were the only two that she company because she. She's the real musician. She had a double scholarship, oboe and uh, and um, piano, and uh, so she accompanied both of us. And uh, so then from there, I... Um, so in your career, you just kind of blew it. Yeah, right from there, went from down, down the hill. So uh, went and I was with the... Uh, this is going to be really busy, I can tell today. <laughs> <laughs> and we're going to talk about Hoppy Hopalop. <laughs> So, did a lot of things. Uh, it was the Broadway show Jesus Christ Superstar. Then I was Rosemary Clooney's musical musical director. How Worked, was she? Very fine lady. Very fine lady. Uh, uh, very sweet lady. Like and she was she was great. Uh, and uh, then worked with people like um, B J Thomas. Uh, Raindrops falling on my head. Uh, Tom Jones. Uh, uh, the Grassroots, Sam and Dave. Uh, Grassroots came to Tucson back in the 60s. Did they? Yeah. yeah. My, one of my sisters-in-law apparently went out partying with them out in the desert. Oh, wow. And wow. it was a big old beer bust or whatever. I, right. I don't know. And we would... Uh, she, she doesn't remember much. <laughs> <laughs> then we did the recordings. Judy would work in with the producers in the studios because she'd be reading the score. Mm-hmm. And... Where and I'd be either conducting or playing in the studio, and uh, so she'd be with the producer. We'd go here and with the engineer, kind of where to put the tape or whatever next. Maybe we so, should be talking to her. That's right. She, she's the real <laughs> musician, not me. So, so uh, we did that. Can and you pan it's, over there? it's funny. Uh, no, I can't. Uh, Some of the people well. we worked with, like one of the groups, uh, before they came in the studio, they had to go to the hairdresser so they'd have the limousine take mm-hmm. them. This was no. You couldn't see them in the studio, but they had to have their hair done. I think it was the Crystals yeah, or somebody. You know? Well, that doesn't surprise yeah. me. Then I did um, Charlie Daniels, The Devil Went Down to Georgia nice. album. Was we did all the Reba McIntyre stuff uh, when she'd go to Vegas, all her music. Uh, um, when Mel- was that? Because she's still going strong. Yeah, she's, she made a comeback, really. A nice lady, really. And then, um, who else? Uh, Mel Tillis, we did uh, his stuff. In fact, when he'd come into studios, we'd be playing the trumpet. She'd say, hey, we have those b- 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 bugles again. <laughs> bugles. Everything was a bugle. Yeah. But he was a funny guy. He was good. So we did all that. And um, then uh, we lived in Nashville and we saw, we always said, someday we'll move out here 
and I've been a frustrated um, Lone Ranger since I've been in the fifth grade, you know, <laughs> and grew up in Pittsburgh, yeah. Pennsylvania, and we had a teacher that would, uh, they would come out to Arizona in the summertime and take pictures of all the sun and everything, and, and they would show it when there was like four inches, five, six inches of snow, and I said, someday I'm getting out of here, I'm going, <laughs> going where the sun shines, you know, and I, nice. and I think of that song uh, from... Uh, a midnight cowboy, uh, everybody's talking. I'm going where the sun keeps shining and mm-hmm. fits my clothes, you mm-hmm. know. Talking so, at you. So uh, we came out, uh, we came out of here, and uh, and it's been great. In fact, uh, Judy, we were talking about it today. It was the best thing we ever did. And uh, when, yeah, I would never have met you if you That's had. right. In fact, Bunker is one of the first people I met at a Western Music uh, Association uh, event. And we came in, and he was a real, very cordial guy, unlike he is today. Very yeah. cordial yeah, man. I probably was drinking yeah. or something. Yeah. No, and he's the first fellow we met, and we, we became friends. And one thing led and to the next. And you still hold it against me, don't I you? Do, I do. <laughs> nah, you're all right. You're okay in my book. I don't care what Harry says. You're okay in my book. Hey, 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 that's supposed to be private. <laughs> <That's right. laughs> so we're out here. We've, we've been with the um, uh, Empire Ranch Foundation, like you fellows were, and the the rodeo association out there, and uh, um, we're just having a good time and, and enjoying the West, and uh, and uh, and it's great. And the old westerns that all of us love so much. And uh, every year uh, you come out to the ranch and do the ride. Do the ride, yeah. And uh, this is coming up in April. That's mm-hmm. right. And uh, do the horse and around ride too. It's always fun. And uh, what's nice, we saw the movie Last Train from Gun Hill, and when we lived in Nashville, and like I told you before. Judy said, what a beautiful place. I wonder where it is. And later on, we're riding horses where exa- exactly yeah, where it was done. Yeah. And, and it was a real thrill. And uh, and the people are really nice people out here. I mean, like you guys, really. I mean, the real deal. It's in the, And you like the West. And uh, it's just something special about people out here. It really is. And, uh, I think and we're having a good time. The people, the, the people that are genuine out here. Or the people that live the heritage. That's right. I agree yeah. with you. I agree yeah. with you. Not enough of that being done anymore. That's no. right. Right. Well, you got you got all those Easterners and all those prune pickers coming over here and and trying to bring what they're trying to get away from That's right. with them. It doesn't make sense. That's right. Bringing all the plants and everything that they were trying to get away from with their sinus problems. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. So we are, we're having a good a good time out here and. Uh, we were talking with with Hoppy and all these different westerns, and in fact, so many were made in the Tucson area or in Arizona. And uh, um, Bunker, being an expert with being in the stunt business, uh, it's great to hear all these different places and uh, who did what. And uh, to us, it's, it's you know, it makes it's a fun the West time. come alive. It really know? does. It you really know, does. It's it's not just you know sitting there watching something on TV, right? When you go out there, like when you go out and ride, or right. when you're working exactly. on a movie, that's right. You, you, you're there and you're looking, especially if you're in this area, you're looking at history. You know, you're that's going, right. You're on the before the old street burnt down at, at Old Tucson. We'd be out there, you know, and you'd look around and you say, "Oh, you know, hey, uh, Rod Cameron got shot off that yeah. porch, and right. Randolph Scott rode up here and got off the horse right, right there." You know, you right. just everything was like, and it was exactly. real. Exactly. 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 Hmm. Oh, why? Why? I, I forgot to ask you, Bunker. Why the black hat today? Why the black hat? Well, because we're doing Hoppy and the Cisco Kid, and Hoppy wore a black hat, and by golly, you know. And they said good guys didn't wear black hats, and he was one of the best of the good guys. Mm-hmm. I read he had like twenty-seven different hats he used. Mm-hmm. I mean, they were all the oh, same yeah. kind, pretty much. But you know, they have. I guess you have well, to have extras when you're in there, right? You know, see, this is one of the great things, you know, you, you go to these uh, auctions and stuff, you know, and you buy John Wayne's hat or you buy his jacket. Well, the always that have a minimum of five outfits for the actor. And then if you had doubles and stunt guys doing, you might have 20 or 30 outfits, right. you know, right. uh, depending on the type of movie. It was. And if you got, because they always wore the same outfit generally from the beginning of the picture to the end of the picture mm-hmm. so they'd have outfits at different different stages of rips and you know especially like a, a george o'brien he's always getting the shirts ripped off right. him so he could show that big barrel chest right and you know so yeah one of the neat things when i was living out in california i'd go around to the uh there was these like 
they weren't vintage shops, but they were clothing, little kind of vintage clothing. And what they would do is they'd buy lots from the studios. Mm-hmm. And you'd go in there, and it, once the word got out, then people would go in there and then look for the labels. Because they'd, they'd write, they'd have like John Wayne number one, John Wayne number two, right. number one being the primary one, and the other's backup. Right. And they'd buy these, and then they'd go around and sell them to the boutiques. You know, they'd buy them for 5 and $10 like you would at Goodwill, and then they'd go to a boutique and sell them for 50 or 100 right. And a boutique would turn around and sell them for 1000 Yeah, You mentioned an interesting point to me. Uh, you said a lot of the character actors in Hollywood, they would work a lot if they owned their own hat and their own boots. Mm-hmm. You said usually you'd have like a big case of hats and they'd be all smashed. Oh. So if you had like Charles uh, Charlie King... The character oh, actor. He always wore that same, same black hat all the time, you know? They call him Blackie. <clears throat> is that what they did? Yeah, it was, but that is was that true? Of, was with, with the hat well, and the, gl- and the I'll, t- I'll tell you how it was true. You'd come in, you'd go into wardrobe, and there'd be a box like this, you know, a big box, with a shipping box, full of boots, another one full of shirts. Uh, the only shirts that were on hangers and pants that were on hangers were cast. Mm-hmm. For the other people, they'd just be in a box... Uh, like for the extras and background people. Uh, but you'd go in there and... So you never saw anybody in Long John's walking across the street. They always had... There was well, always something. You did, you know. <laughs> but, so you had to pick your own wardrobe? Is that it? If you well, were no, like the wardrobe extra. guy would come by, you know, and just like one of the tricks that we had is like when you're doing Calvary, because one thing, you know, if something doesn't fit you... Uh, you can't work, and if you can't work, you know, especially in stunts, you always sure. make make friends with the wardrobe guy and the prop guy. Right, right. But what would happen is, like, especially with the cavalry, you had to have their boots because you know they're just the, the style of right, the boots. Right, certain style. Yeah. And so what we would do is you'd get a piece of wang and just tie it just as tight as you could at the ankle, because most of the time, you know, you couldn't wear the smaller boots because that'd kill you. So you right. end up taking whatever close as you could get size bigger or whatever yeah, or whatever yeah. and, and sometimes sometimes your foot would rattle around like a bb in a box car <laughs> so you you, know, you just we had all these little tricks that we would do i had a trick that i would do because most of the time i like to wear my own stuff because at the end of the day you didn't have to change clothes you could just get the heck out of right, there right right but if i had to wear one of their hats and the hats would be all crumped up and they look you know, you, you see them there and i would go out <laughs> and i would get a cup of coffee from because I always had the caterer had coffee set up, and I'd pour a cup of coffee in the Dr. Crown, pour a cup of coffee in there, and let it seep through. Well, by the time it seeped through, it would reblock the crown so oh. it looked like a new like a new crown. Hat, yeah. And I would do the same thing. If the brim was in bad shape, I'd just pour coffee on there and work it till I got it to where mm-hmm. I liked it. <laughs> you know, we've talked in the past about hats. That's a pet peeve of mine. Mm-hmm. So many. Uh, all like Hoppy and the Lone Ranger and Gene, they all had great hats. Yeah. In fact, even the uh, Simon Windsor with the Lonesome Dove, mm-hmm. he I saw a YouTube thing about him, and he would supervise the hat selection for the different people. And it had to be the right hat. Mm-hmm. And nothing's worse when they'll have like one of those uh, Australian hats, like uh, 310 to Yuma, the new version of it, mm-hmm. you know, with... Uh, um, Russell Crowe. Russell Crowe. It's, 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 it's like an Aussie hat. It's not really a Western. My, my, my favorite is uh, <clears throat> when you got this guy who's supposed to be a bad guy, and his hat, it's got a very small brim on it, right. and very small crown, and he's got the uh, stampede cord coming down, and it the hat just plum doesn't fit him at all. Well, right, it right. It looks like it, it's uh, something that... Right. Added to the, the worst. Head. The worst case of that was Shalako uh, with uh, Sean Connery. Great outfit. They had the worst hat in the world on him. And if they'd had a if they'd had a better hat, I think the movie would have made more money. They're and speaking wrong. of making money, that's uh, our very good segue, Bunker. <laughs> Pretty smooth, isn't it? Yeah, smooth. Yeah. We have to uh, <laughs> I do might that. Have a subway on the way home. <laughs> you might. Uh, we got to do that first break. And uh, if you'd like to get in on this conversation, <clears throat> all you have to do is call 844-908-WEST, 844-908-9378. There will be a happy operator to uh, take care of you, and uh, we'll get you on the air. But in the meantime, we have to do our first break, and yes. we're going to do that right after these messages. And we're also going to talk about 
uh, this guy who you're going to be hearing about here very, very shortly. So do stay tuned. There he goes on his way down the moonlit trail to where cowboys raised. Hop along Cassidy. Hop along Cassidy. He'll return soon. Welcome back to Emil Franzi's Voices of the West. The Tucson Trap and Ski Club dates from 1948 and is now at 7800 West Old Ajo Highway. The club owns 80 acres and leases 300 more from Pima County that supports 50 trap fields, 15 ski fields, two five-stand fields, two sporting plays courses with 12 stations each, a 9,000-square-foot clubhouse, 200 full-service RV hookups for members, and free Wi-Fi. This expansive facility gives enough room to host major national and international events annually, bringing thousands of people to the community. Check it out at TucsonTrapAndSki.com. Can you even imagine switching back to pen and paper to run your business? Every year we become more and more dependent upon our technology. If your network is not set up properly, you're just one click or one email away from losing data critical to your operation. Arizona Computer Guru offers a host of services to prevent and protect you from disaster. From online backup services to email filtering to fully managed network services, Arizona Computer Guru is here to keep your network secure, your data safe, and your budget in the black. To schedule your free consultation, call 304-8300. Wills and trusts. Which one do you need? That's where the experience of Zach and Schmidt's PLC comes into play. What we'll usually do with the client is sit down with them and go over their concerns, go over what type of assets they hold, and then give them specific legal advice as to whether a trust makes sense in their specific situation. Let the experience of Zach and Schmidt's guide you through the legal maze of wills and trusts. 520-664-3420 or TucsonEstatePlanning.com. Now a thought for my little partners. Be happy and proud that you're an American. Remember, there are millions of little boys and girls all over the world that would give anything for that privilege. Until next week, so long and good luck to you. Here he comes, here he comes, there's the and the drum. Here he comes, Buffalo Cassidy, here he comes. Welcome back to Emil Franzing's Voices of the West. And we are back on Emil Franzing's Voices of the West. And uh, a little bit of uh, <laughs> a little, little bit of Mr. Cassidy there. Uh, I, I don't know what it is. I mean, I watched Hop Along when I was a kid. Right, me and, too. And... Uh, there's something about Hoppy that right. just he had so much charisma. That's the whole thing. Like Clayton Moore with the Lone Ranger. Yeah. They just had that charisma, yeah. you know. Yeah. And, and those old those old thirty cowboys and a lot of them came out of the silence had that. Yeah. Well they they act with their eyes because they right. came out of the silence and, and I mean it, it my wife <laughs> my wife never liked to watch Westerns a lot. Mm-hmm. She would put up with it when I would watch it. Right, right. But now, it, when we're sitting at home and there's crap on on the real TV, exactly. Uh, we you go get to, it all the time. Yeah, we go to the DVR and say, "What do you want to watch?" <laughs> oh, Sounds like watch, us. <laughs> let's watch a hoppy. Let's watch a hoppy. That's yeah. right. Okay, that's right. They 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 work time after time. Time, no question about it. They 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 do what they're supposed. to The fun to do. thing about the hoppy the TV shows, which we've talked about, the Harry. Yeah. At the end of the show, here I say, my little friends. Yeah. Uh, make sure you wash your face. Make sure you put on your galoshes. That didn't happen until season three. I think. was that it. Yeah. yeah. But that Judy gets a kick out of that. Like there's Hoppy again. Well, <laughs> a little word of wisdom. So he, I'll, he I'll, was I'll, so sharp. He you know he saw. You know, the demise of the B-Westerns right. bought up all of his stuff because he saw the rise of the television. Right. And television being, especially then, a family entertainment right. type of thing. Mm-hmm. You know, there was the family and all the neighbors because there might be one set in the block. Right. I can remember going over to people's houses and they had the Sylvania with the yellow halo. That's what, that's what we had. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's what we had. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. Three-inch... Uh, 
little three-inch I had one of those yeah. little round screen. Yeah. The, the screen was this big, and the set was that. Yeah, my I, dad I, found I, it somewhere yeah, and bought it. Yeah. Yeah. Gene Autry did the same thing. He knew the TV was coming in. Yeah. And, and he's, his, uh, what was it, double A or A production? Flying A. Flying A, Flying a right, mm-hmm. yeah. So, uh, well, let's talk a little bit about Mr. Hopalong Cassidy. You know, he, uh, oh, go ahead, Harry. Say, <laughs> say it. He came out of the silent movies. Right. Uh, Cecil B. Mill. Where, yeah, where he was uh, quite the star in in those, and he, when he took on the Hoppy uh, persona, there were some things he wanted to make sure, because he had this foresight. Uh, and long-range view of, of wanting kids to appreciate what's mm-hmm. going on. Hoppy never smoked. Right. Hoppy never drank. drank that's except right. in the books. In, except in the books. And, and he also uh, didn't swear. Right. And, uh, and that laugh. Also, his sidekicks never <laughs> drank either. It was always sarsaparilla. That everybody had sarsaparilla. Sarsaparilla. Or you didn't drink. That's right. Yeah. That's you right. Know, did you ever notice that in the Hoppy movies... They never used phones. That that was because they could never get a hold of the operator. Uh, he just hopped in on that, didn't he? Oh, God <laughs> Thank you very much. Thank you. <laughs> He's got a new toy. Yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, actually, the uh, this the hoppy takes place around the turn of the century, close to the turn of, to the twentieth century. Because there were there was either a movie, one of the movies, or one of uh, the television programs, they were talking about going to uh, the, uh, the Span Am War, and they were going to mm. ride with Teddy Roosevelt. Mm. And when they get there, they also meet up with um, the sheriff from uh, Arizona that rode Bucky. Bucky O'Neill. Yeah. Bucky O'Neill. And so th- that was he, one of he the was scenarios. an Arizona Ranger and, yeah. a, and a sheriff. Yeah. So... Uh, and there sometimes there are telephones in the Hoppies, so you know it takes place late 1880s, early 19, uh, 1890s. So not that that matters. Well, well, you know, it's just it's just like you know people don't realize sometimes they'd see a western and they'd see a telephone pole and wire, yeah, and they'd go, well, that's wrong. Well, no, that's telegraph. It, it was telegraph, <laughs> right, exactly. Right, you know, right. uh, you know, I've got I've got here I've got a William Boyd quote. And this is about how he came about being Hoppy. He says, Back in 1934, I was asked to play Hopalong Cassidy's young sidekick in the first Cassidy movie. Comic Jimmy Gleason was set for the role of Hopalong Cassidy because author Corrence Milford conceived Hoppy as a rough cowhand who murders the English language. But I was so intrigued with the name Hopalong Cassidy that I asked for the part and got it. I also got permission to turn Hoppy into a clean-living, sarsaparilla-drinking, Western hero, simple in manner and dress. Mm-hmm. Let me ask you, the Hoppy, originally, wasn't he supposed to be hopping along? He had a... What no, happened to his leg or No, something? no, he got... Here's what happened. At least in, in the very first movie, here's what happened. He got shot. Okay, that's what... Okay. And, you know... He just kind of dra- drug the leg along there, and there were all kinds of references to, well, you know, you can just hop along, you know, and, and hop, on, hop on your horse, right. you know, and finally toward the end of the movie, he starts using, yeah, I'll just hop along, and, and it never it never took until the next movie, right. you know, where... Uh, and where this he, is an interesting thing, because... Uh, Harry Sherman, Pop Sherman, who was the producer on those, in the first Hopalong Cassidy, they didn't plan on explaining the name. It was just going to be there. And what actually happened is he fell off his horse and broke his leg. (laughs) And so, you know, and his, his, his first line with dialogue after this is, well, I'll just hop along with you guys. They decided to write it into it, and that's how the explanation came all about. Because it wasn't in the original script. Yeah, and in the, uh, the the character who was the, uh, the drinking and obliterating the English language was Red Connors mm-hmm. right, in the books. Right. And then in that the was t- in the TV. Then he and then, then Red Gary Buchanan came in and played uh, Red. And he was um, the ranch foreman in the bar twenties. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So. 
But who were the three, uh, or who were the two sidekicks with Hoppy? Original ones and which ones? Gabby Hayes was uh, mm -hmm. there as Wendy. That's right. And I've got Russell keep, Hayden. Russell Hayden. I keep wanting to see the original Lucky Russell oh, Hayden. Yeah. yeah. Okay. the the first The first trio was uh, Boyd, Jimmy Ellison as Johnny Jimmy Nelson, Jimmy Ellison, and okay. George Hayes as Wendy. And uh, then the second set was Boyd, Russell Hayden as Lucky Jenkins, and Andy Klein as California Carson. And then the third trio was uh, Boyd, Andy Clyde, Rand Brooks as Lucky again. Mm -hmm. And that, that, was, that was the basic big trio. Right. And they did have other guys come in from time to time. And it's interesting, though, the guys that always played Lucky always had that. It was like a Palomino. Mm -hmm. They always rode the, like the same horse or the same And they were horse. horn dogs, too. Yeah. 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 <laughs> well, you know, the, the funny thing about especially Russell Hayden's thing is they'd ride up to the ranch. The old rancher would come out, and then his young daughter daughter yeah. come out. He was always there. And he would almost jump on her. Right, yeah. right. Always in love. He was, he was always the uh, he Casanova. Was, he was, oh, yeah. He was no, like, no. He'd be all over. You yeah. know, like, he, he, he was trying to get lucky is what he uh, did. I, I never did. Well, I, I think that, that deserves one of these. Okay, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, we got to do uh, our next break here. And uh, so with that, we will do that and come back and talk some more about uh, Apollon Cassidy, get into the Cisco kid and God knows what else we do whilst we are here. So stay tuned. We will be back with much more on Emil Franzi's Voices of the West. And if you want to get involved in the conversation, easy to do. 844-908-WEST. 844-908-9378. Give us a ring. We'll get you right on. Be right back after this. <laughs> Emil Franzi's Voices of the West will be right back. When looking for a property management company, here are some things you should consider. How long has the company been in business? What types of properties can they manage for you? And does the company give back to the community? Well, your search is over. The Paul Ash Management Company meets and exceeds those considerations. They've been in business in Tucson, Arizona since the 1960s. They manage all types of properties throughout Arizona and elsewhere, from residential to commercial to public sector properties. The Paul Ash Management Company also dedicates its time and resources to numerous community projects, including help funding the drive for the USS Arizona Memorial at the University of Arizona. You also want a property management company that puts you, the customer, First, contact the Paul Ash Management Company today at paulashmanagement.com and ask about the complete package or call 520-795-2100. That's 520-795-2100. The Paul Ash Management Company, property managers you can trust. Hello? I'm Mr. Red. No doubt you've heard about rescue groups for dogs and cats. But did you know there's a rescue group for horses? That's right. It's called Horses Around Rescue. Founders Steve Boyce and Teresa Worrell are helping out all those equine victims of neglect and cruelty by giving them a place to restore their health and wellness. And Horses Around provides a nurturing and natural environment where horses can be horses, so they can be adopted out into forever homes. More than 120 horses, mules, and donkeys have been adopted out, but like everything else, it costs money to run the project. Horses Around is a 501c3 nonprofit located in Southeast Arizona. Your tax-deductible donations to Horses Around will go a long way so those horses can be horses. Check out the website, horsesaroundrescue.org. Make a difference in a horse's life. That's horsesaroundrescue.org. Hi, my name is Roberta Shore, and I play Betsy on the Virginian, and I'd like to invite you all to listen to Voices of the West. Welcome back to Emil Franzi's Voices of the West. And we are back on Emil Franzi's Voices of the West. A bit of high chaparral music there. The uh, theme to 
season what bunker? You don't know, do you? I'm not. I'm not a. I don't have an ear for music. It, it's it's the theme, Harry. I know it's the theme. <clears throat> you it know, said from season three. You know, I did just think while that was playing, I was just thinking because of our theme today and everything. You know, the the crossover storylines where you get characters from one show comes mm-hmm. on over. It would have been so neat, like around season six, if we'd gone that far to have Happy and the trio, you know, come passing through Arizona. Slap at the high chaparral. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) I mean, that's what I would do if I was. I don't care what anybody says, how corny or hokey it is. That's what I would do. Uh, Then the Cisco kid would ride by too. Oh, he say hi. (laughs) Him him and uh, Manolito be old buddies. Uh, They could have had uh, uh, the Cartwrights. They would ride through. Or family adventure. Well, I'm just saying, you know, uh, (laughs) cross promotion. I I think (laughs) the show that probably did that the most. Western uh, yeah. was Maverick. They did it. Maverick. They did all it, that Warner Brothers uh, stuff. And they right. did it the best. Well, they had all the actors. Sugarfoot, Cheyenne, all yeah. those people. And right. they also Will did Hutchins. it with uh, 77 Sunset Strip. They right. would do it. There was one episode where they went to, uh, they were supposed to protect this oh, guy. Yeah. And they go to the, the, uh, the studio. And... Yeah, they go to the studio and they're doing a, a Maverick. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it, it's Roger Moore, and I can't remember who the female was, but uh, it it was one that I had just seen. A little what was the name of the guy that in seventy seven Sunset Strip would comb oh, his hair? Oh, that's Edward oh, oh, Burns. Eddie, Eddie Burns. Yeah, but they, his name was what in the movie? Oh, Gerald Cookson the Cookie. Third. Cookie. Cookie. Gerald. Cookie. Uh, Gerald. Cookie. Cookie. I can't remember his. Cookie, lend me your comb. Yeah, I can't right. remember his middle name. Is uh, Gerald Cookson? Yeah. Oh, is that it? Short for yeah. uh, Cookie was short. Yeah. And he did. He did a song. Cookie. Cookie. Lend That's me right. your comb. That's right. Yeah. It made the hit parade. Uh, yes, yeah, it lend did. Me your comb, right? Big time. Big time. <laughs> Big time. All right, we got hop. We're we, we're done. We're never done. I, I want to ask you one more thing about hop. Certainly, please. Where's the locations that they did the movies? We were talking about that earlier. And the TV shows. Well, the movies they did did more of them in Lone Pine Lone than Pine. any other place. And that's they in... did a few at uh, at Paramount Ranch, which was the Paramount because he was doing it for Paramount. But he actually did more more of them in Kernville and in what was the other Iverson, Iverson than they yeah. did actually at the Paramount at the home lot. Uh, and in Lone Pine, they had a little. Uh, um, a little house there oh, that, the that he actually lived there when he was yeah. filming the movies up around Wapana. And they had, the, they had the Hoppy Rocks or the Hoppy That's Ambush right. Rocks, That's right. whatever you want to call it. You know, them. those rocks, we rode horses through there. Mm-hmm. On TV and the movies, it looks like they're so big. It was pretty pretty close, you know, even the ride single file or, or whatever, it was it was uh, oh, pretty camera. tight. Yeah, exactly right. Well, yeah. you know, Bud Bedecker said that Lone Pine was his favorite location. Right. For Randolph you Scott. Could shoot yeah. the whole, you could shoot the whole movie there. Right. And in fact, he says, he says one of my favorite scenes is uh, we've we got the bad guys trying to get away, and he's going through one of those little slots, right. and he gets shot, and because it's so tight, he just hangs there. Right. He right. says he said that that's using the environment and to make it real. Yep. Of the of the sidekicks, which one was your favorite? Uh, the Gabby Hayes or the Andy Clyde? I got to go with Gabby because he's just the greatest sidekick of all time. Andy Andy was Andy was good. Great. I liked Andy because he was funnier. Gabby mm-hmm. was always. I mean, he was great, but it was always grumpy and everything. Where Andy was funny. Well, well you're darn tootin'. Yeah, darn tootin'. <laughs> right, you little hurry Let me tell you. But here's the thing about Gabby. Of That's all the sidekicks, you know, most of them were good, real good about getting the hero into trouble. Yeah, Gabby exactly. was the only one that would could get him out of trouble. Uh-huh. There's one. There was one of the Roy Rogers I saw that I thought was great. Gabby's the old codger who's mentoring Roy, and I can't remember who the bad guy is, but the bad guy, him and Roy have had one shootout already, and the bad guy beat Roy. He's faster. Oh, oh. So here's the end of the movie, and the bad guy's in the barn waiting for Roy, and we're going we're gonna to settle this once and for all. And Roy's going, and Gabby's saying, where are you going to go, Roy? He's faster than you. <laughs> and Roy said, no, I'm going. So as Roy starts to go out the door, Gabby knocks him over the head with his pistol and goes up to the barn to meet the bad guy. Wow. 
And Roy wakes up, and he goes, and he hears, bam, bam. And he goes up there, and you know Gabby's dead. You go up there, and he, he runs into the barn. There's the bad guy. Gabby beat him. Wow. He was faster than the bad guy who was faster than Roy. When did I, he go with Gabby? I mean, because in Hoppy, he was Wendy. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And when I, did he get the name Gabby? Uh, well, no, when he that, left the Hoppies, because yeah. he, he was Wendy Holiday, and then he was Wendy Whitaker in a couple of the Roys. And then he became George Gabby Hayes with and Roy. I, I think with I think with Roy because you know he did he did all of the he did Gene he did everybody right mm -hmm. right one of the first uh, Hoppy movies um, featuring Gabby Hayes in there uh, he gets killed and that yeah, was I that was the first that. time that's I'd right. ever seen Gabby well, Hayes get uh, get taken down well that's right. in, in one of the Hoppies. Uh, this is before he became the sidekick. He was yeah. This was before he became he was, sidekick he was, too. He was honest, Jim something or other. Yeah. Or the coyote kid, the yeah. bad guy. Yeah. But he oh, he like, wore the black. He had the black hat or mm -hmm. whatever. Yeah, he was like he was like the old codger who was helping, and you know he was just you're going oh, and you know that's that's what yeah. he always does. Yeah. And then the twist is he's really the head of the game. Yeah. It was so cool. Well, that one other thing about Hoppy, his horses. When he did the movies, it was a different white horse. It had like a, in fact, a lot of the different people used that horse. I mm -hmm. think Buck Jones. It was studio horses. Yeah, it was a, a studio horse. It had some black around the face. So Toppy, uh, Topper uh, wasn't a topper there was the whole a, time. Uh, topper was a, a studio horse? Is no, no. Right? Topper was later on. That was his own horse. Oh, I see. Okay. But the one, when he started the movies, <laughs> mm -hmm. the early ones at Lone Pine and everything, that mm -hmm. wasn't top. I mean, he called him Topper, but well, it wasn't you know, the, the horses came from Fat Jones, from Hutkins. Uh, oh, there, there was the two big ones. Then there were right. other smaller, uh, Myers right. and Wills. Henry Wills uh, was partnered with a, a fellow named Meyer, and they and they would they would those were the guys that might be doing the lower budget stuff. Mm -hmm. But uh, Hutkins and uh, they had they had the lock on it. Uh, but Trigger was belonged to the Hutkins, right? And it was the it was the, the Palomino from Lady Godiva. And it was the Palomino it? for uh, Olivia, uh, Olivia de Havilland in, uh, Arrow, in um, yeah. Robin Hood. Robin Hood. Yeah, it's, uh, and, it, and the thing, too, about the horses is just, uh, just like the hats and the wardrobe right. we're talking about, you, right. have, you, had, you had more than one topper, more than one trigger, more right. than one champion. Uh, I think at one time, Autry had five champions. Yeah, seven, could, basically seven. Because you'd have, you'd have yeah. a chase horse, you'd have a, a, a close-up horse, you'd have, you know, like, and then sometimes you'd have like a horse especially, you'd do a rearing horse or stuff like right. that. You'd have, and uh, I can't think of the guy's last name, Bobby something. He had some of the top uh, trick horses in the business because he had like fighting horses. So, yeah. you know, if you wanted a horse to, to fight wow. a cowboy or fight right. another horse. Right. And he, they would all work on cue. And I'll tell you, they was amazing what these guys could. I worked with a couple of them. Right. And I think Bobby Davenport, I think that was the name. Uh, but, you know, well, like he had the horse on villain. Yeah. Yeah. Well, all right. Here's the $64,000 question. When the guys, the bad guys, pull up the bandanas, to go rob the bank. That's so that you can't tell who they are, or not, you're not supposed to tell I, who they are. That always confused me because I can never tell who they were. Why don't they do that to the horses also? Because then you, you recognize somebody <laughs> off of their by, by their horse, right? <laughs> right? So wouldn't it stand a reason that if you're going to hide your face, you should hide the horse's face right, too? Right. Well, there were certain tropes. In the business, that it just—it was just—it's tradition, you know. Because you know, it's like you look at uh, what was his name, Black Bart. He mm -hmm. used to put a, 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 a gunny sack over his head, yeah, and a couple of holes yeah. cut it. Yeah. But the thing was too, he was wearing what a guy would wear in, in San Francisco or out hiking. You know, he—he—he he, he didn't. The clothes look so much the same that you know you. You know, in the movies they don't. Yeah, they all right. colorful and bad. Right, 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 right. But. You know, for the most part, they had to look pretty much. But you're right. The horses, especially a, a cowboy like a stage driver who's a horseman, he'd recognize every one yeah. of those horses. He may not recognize the guys, but, you know, so, you know if your hat, and all, all the cowboys, too, one of the things is that most of their hats had creases that were unique to them. Mm -hmm. It wasn't the studio mm -hmm. crease. It was where a <laughs> branch hit them or something like that. And, they, yeah, yeah, that's kind of cool. I won't, I won't say that one. You know, William Boyd, he was always... When he went out in public, unless he was going definitely as uh, 
Hoppy, he always dressed, he was a dapper dresser. Immaculate. Immaculate, right, really class act. Mm -hmm. Where Roy and, and Jean and all those would always, they would always look great, but yeah. it was all Western wear. Yeah, but she didn't wear Western wear. The nudie outfit. Yeah, nudie. Yeah. He would never wear Western wear when yeah. he went out. Well, uh, yeah. uh, George Hayes was that same way. When you'd see him, because uh, he always stayed at a hotel, he never, he didn't live in a house. Uh, he would be down in the lobby reading the paper, and people would come by, and he would have a three-piece Brooks yeah. Brothers suit on, looked, you know, yeah. with the tie, mm -hmm. and look, he looked like with the pipe, you know, it looked like a looked like a college professor. Yeah. And teeth. <laughs> <laughs> hey, we got to. I'm going to take. I'm going to take the break early here because when we come back, I want to talk about uh, John's other passion for old westerns, and that's the. Cisco Kid. Cisco oh, Kid. Which, oh. by the way, coming up tonight at 6... Well, not at tonight, wherever you are. <laughs> coming up at 6 p.m. Mountain Standard Time is the VOW uh, Radio, Old West Radio Hour on the VOW Radio Channel. We are playing the Tales of Texas Rangers starring Joe McCray, and we are playing the Cisco Kid Adventures. Cisco. Let's win. <laughs> That's coming up. So, so we're gonna we're gonna do that. I'm gonna take this break first, so we have an ample time to get talking about that. And we will be right back after these particular messages. Do not go away. Sergeant Preston of the Northwest Mounted Police with Yukon King, swiftest and strongest lead dog breaking the trail in the relentless pursuit of lawbreakers in the wild days of the Yukon. Emil Franzing's Voices of the West will be right back. Yukon King meets the challenge of the Yukon. Tucson Estate Planning, where attorneys Ron Zack and Chanel Schmitz design estate plans to keep you out of court. There are so many people who say they do estate planning. What they're doing is they're just picking up forms. It's not a lot different than just going on and getting your own forms and filling them out. That causes a lot of problems. We know what goes to court. We know what problems come up. Zack and Schmitz, PLC. Estate planning attorneys you can trust. 520-664-3420. TucsonEstatePlanning.com. Imus Wilkinson Investments, 777-1911, is a unique investment management firm. They pay little attention to where the market indicators are because smart investment management goes way beyond check and stock exchanges. They are very good at managing all types of investment based on client expectations. They build relationships, and they want clients, not customers. My family is proudly included among them, and they'll help you, as they did us, design a portfolio that achieves what you want when you need it. Imus Wilkinson Investments, they're really good at what they do. 777-1911. Hi, this is Joe Montaigne. Every time my Uncle Willie tells me about his service in Patton's Third Army in World War II, I'm reminded of what we owe the U.S. Army. Fourteen generations of American soldiers who have courageously defended our nation. Their stories represent the best of America and should never be forgotten. Join me to help build the National Museum of the United States Army, a long overdue tribute to all American soldiers. To learn more, visit armyhistory.org. Saddle up on VOW Radio. Tune in every Saturday at 6 p.m. Mountain Standard Time for the Voices of the West Old Time Radio Shows. We are bringing back those old-time Western radio shows like Paladin, Gunsmoke, Tales of the Texas Rangers, and many more. It's every Saturday at 6 p.m. Mountain Standard Time on VOW Radio. Welcome back to Emil Franzi's Voices of the West. Twenty-six men. It's uh, <laughs> a fave of mine, as you can mine tell. Too, yeah. My uh, my T-shirt uh, here from True West Magazine, uh, the Twenty-six Men T-shirt. And uh, when was that series on? In the early sixties. Sixties. Late. Late Maybe 50, 59, 59 58, 59, mm -hmm. and, and 60. Russell Hayden produced it. Yes. yes. It right. was a, uh, 
I, I thoroughly enjoyed watching. Me too. Uh, it was a good series. It was. It was. And who was the captain? Tristan oh, Coffin. Yeah, that's right. Right. Yeah. Well, all right. And then the, the, the guy, the, the chief deputy, was uh, Kim uh, Kilo Henderson. That's right. And he was. Here's what we're He was one of the top fast draws. Really. In the business. Interesting. I saw a on YouTube, or I think it must have been. Some guy who is like holds twelve Guinness records of fast draw, and he demonstrated for the camera. And if you blinked, you missed it. Wow! I mean, that's he, fast. To pull, <laughs> he he slaps the leather, pulls it out, shoots the target, hits the target, puts it back, and I mean, like I said, if you blinked, you missed it. Uh, it was. It you was, want to see my fast draw? Yeah, I know. I know about your fast again? draw. Yeah, I know. Yeah. It's like it's like you reading poetry backwards. I understand. Uh, anyway, twenty six. Twenty six men we got to. Now let's get over to uh, talk about uh, the Cisco Kid and Poncho. Yeah, it's one of your faves. I like this. Really, they were filmed up in Pioneer Town, and that mm-hmm. Pioneer Town was started by Russell Hayden, I think. Roy. His place was across the street. Right. From it. Right. And. Uh, uh, a lot of the uh, Gene Autry, yeah. Gene Autry uh, all the TV, TV shows, guys, yeah. the Annie Oakley, mm-hmm. Range Rider, that was all done up in Pioneer Town. But the Cisco Kid, that it was always, uh, it was so great. And Poncho, he was like seventy years old. Mm-hmm. Leo Curiel. Yeah, and that was fantastic. You know, getting around and uh, we we have we have on uh, our YouTube channel a uh, movie serial, uh, Riders of Death Valley. And in uh, Leo Carrillo stars in that, or is mm-hmm. a co-star in that, along with Dick Ferrand mm-hmm. and he Buck was, Jones. And he was of one others. of the top character actors in the '30s. He sure, he, right. He was busier than busy. Right, right. Yeah. So, all right. And so. then you know, the, before him in the movies, Chris Penn Martin was Cisco, uh, was Poncho, Poncho right. and sometimes Gord Gord right. Eagle, and then uh, Cesar Romero. Was Poncho for a couple of them, and then became Cisco, and I I know he did four of the Ciscos mm-hmm. up at Lone Pine, and I don't know how many he did all together, but quite a few. In fact, the uh, Cisco Kid horse trailer, mm-hmm. I think, is at the at the rodeo museum. Yeah, uh, down where the rodeo is. You couldn't do a program like Cisco Kid in this day and age, could we? Yeah, you could. Yeah, you think? Oh uh, yeah. Well, you know, it's funny they did a movie. I mean, it's Jimmy, not too politically with Jimmy, Jimmy, with Jimmy Smith. Smiths and Cheech Marin. Cheech Marin. Marin. And it was, it was silly, but it was enjoyable. Yeah. And I think you could do it because, you know, it's just like, now there's a show you could do a crossover with Chaparral. Because, because <laughs> everybody's there. At family reunion. Because, it's all about you know, that. <laughs> I can just see, you know, uh, Manolito out there in a cantina. And this shadow falls over him, and he <laughs> and he looks up and he goes, "Hey, Cisco!" <laughs> you know, I could just see it. And but because you know, if you look at the characters, the way they were played and written in Chaparral, mm-hmm. where the Mexican actors, yeah, they could do it. They uh, really could do it. I mean, you could do it as a spinoff on Chaparral. I don't think there was anything offensive oh, with no. with Cisco no, I, in those days. I think it could be done today. I, I, I don't think there was anything offensive. Oh, period. Right. Exactly. The, the yeah. point, you know, that's yeah. my, my point is right. in this yeah, political environment. Yeah. Yeah, right. Well, you know, I think they should, whether it's political or court. Because mm-hmm. here's a great, great story. Roberto Contreras. This is back. Uh, when the Chicano movement was really going, and they were complaining that there was no Hispanic actors on television, mm-hmm. and he was doing the Frito uh, Frito Lay commercials, the Frito Bandito, mm-hmm. and his community started getting on him and said, "Bobby, you can't do this. It, it, it makes us look bad." And Bobby goes, "Wait a minute." I'm a, I'm a Mexican and I'm working. That makes us look good. <laughs> and yeah. that's the that's the attitude you got to have. Speaking to the Frito Bandito, the uh, congressperson from uh, District 3 in Arizona, Raul Grijalva, that's his that was his campaign sign was the uh, Frito, Bandito Frito Bandito mustache. Bandito. 
That's just the uh, way he looks. Well, I know he is the Frito Bandito. I mean, anyway. I don't think he's Mr. Frito either. <laughs> well, he certainly hasn't missed a little bit of, <laughs> little bit of that little stuff. A little red eye. Tosilla. <laughs> so, so, Cisco Kid Horse, the horse uh, Diablo. Diablo. Was that a rental originally? Or do you know uh, anything? I'm pretty sure that was. I, I don't know the history on that one that well. But most, you know, most of the movie horses were, were, uh, you know, like I say, studio horses. Right. Uh, most of the studios didn't have their own stables. They just they worked out of the bigger guys. One thing I loved it with the Cisco Kid when they were in like the, a long run. It was a different horse because the back end of the horse mm-hmm. was white, and then mm-hmm. when soon they come up on a close up, the back end was like more black. Continuity. <laughs> yeah. 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 You know, it's funny too, but because a horse person sees that yeah but the average person you know you'll right. you'll have a horse in there that's got a full blaze face and then you'll, you'll cut to a chase horse or something like that and on the better productions they'd go and do makeup on the horse right. so they'd look like it but sometimes they wouldn't and you know you'd have one with half a blaze or or just a, a muzzle that was white right and 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 when you were kids, you know, you didn't you didn't care anyway. You just you wanted them to shoot somebody. Right. And the nice well, thing about Cisco and even all the ones that we're talking about, Hoppy and all, they had a lot of riding. I oh, love yeah. that. Yes. It was always adventure. Yes. Not so much the acting was good, but nowadays it's everything's it's too much well, dialogue and nothing. You can fall asleep in Yeah, exactly. too much psychology. Yeah, right, right exactly. Yeah, yeah, you're absolutely correct. There's tons of writing, tons of action right. in the Hoppy serials right. and in, in the movies and, and Buck Jones. And, exactly and, right. Uh, that was one of the, always kept you always, alert. You and know and I mean? now it's it's stories. But well, right. that's one of the stuntmen's joke. He says, too much dialogue. Let's wreck something. <laughs> well, you know, and you, you, you talk about the horse, uh, the different horses and stuff, and I think that, again, goes back to what I was saying. Why don't they put a neckerchief on the horse? There you go. <laughs> That's why it's funny. That's because I think you probably do the same thing. I'll watch movies now, and I'll watch, and I'm looking, I'm looking at the rocks. I'm looking mm-hmm. at the right, buildings. Right. I'm looking at the horse, and I'm going, wait a minute. He's got three stockings. The other one, right. other one, he only had two. Uh-huh. <laughs> right. and, uh, and you know, there's a there's a whole subculture of Western boo boos, people oh, yeah, looking yeah. for mistakes. Sure. There's yeah. one. There was one on a, on a uh, rifleman. Uh, the bad guy is burglarized in the hotel, and Connors runs in. The guy runs, shoots, throws a shot at him, runs through the door, and slams the door shut. Connors th- fires about three. <laughs> And goes in there, and he hit, hits the guy, but he goes in there, and there's the three bullet holes. When he comes in, yeah, and he, the door behind him, no there's no nothing, bullet holes nothing. on the other side. Uh, continuity. <laughs> no, it didn't go, no, they didn't go through. You know, so, yeah. And another thing, you would always tell the stuntmen, like we talked earlier, uh, when you'd see the, like, Hoppy or Cisco or something, they'd have their big spurs, you yeah, know? Yeah. And then when the stunt guy was there, there was no spurs. You know? and speaking of spurs, why didn't he ever lock those, why didn't Hoppy ever lock those things down when he would, was uh, not on, on topper? I mean, come on. Yeah, they were big. They were and very big, right. How do you see, yeah, exactly. You Sneaking up on the someone culture. and clinkety, clinkety. Well, I, it's the culture. I just, understand it's just that. Like, you, you, I, I don't have, you can go into a, a, a kind of a country western bar now, and no horses tied up outside. Half, half a dozen pickups. You'll walk in there, and there'll be two or three cowboys in there with their spurs on. Right. Right. Because you just, you know, some guys never took to take their boots off, but they didn't take the spurs off. Right, right. And so it just, there was, it was one guy came in, he had one spur. I said, what are you doing? And he said, that's the spur of the moment. Jesus. Spur <laughs> of the moment. Uh, <laughs> thank you very much. There you go. <laughs> the cowbell. All right, John. Well, <laughs> your, your favorite Western... Uh, in the minute that we have left, your favorite, uh, your fave fav- Western television show? Um, I have a bunch of more. Well, Hoppy and uh, Cisco Kid, probably. Lone Ranger, too. I got a bunch of them. I just so you can't have I one. I just have favorite. one. I don't yeah, have one. Yeah, you can. You Lone Ranger, I would say, probably overall. That's the, who you wanted to be. The, the, yeah, only, the right. only favorite that uh, Bunker has is uh, the High Chaparral. High Chaparral. Well, I love High Chaparral, <laughs> but. Heartland, I think, is a contemporary Western shot up in Canada, and I think it's probably the closest to what Ranch Life is that I've ever yeah. seen on a series. It's kind of a soap opera thing, but it is just so right on. 
I think any Western is a good Western. You're right yeah, about Regardless that. of how crap it is, <laughs> writing or whatever, if it's got cowboys in it, yeah. it's got to be good. That's right. Well, and yeah. on that note, we are out of time. Got to say thank you, John. Appreciate thank you, John. it. Enjoyed it. Hope to do it again. Thank you, Judy. <laughs> we will definitely do it again. And, uh, Many it was, times. It was a lot of fun, guys. Yeah, all right. We will talk to you guys again uh, next Saturday. Here on VOWN. That's Amos Francis. I have no idea. Amos <laughs> Francis, Voices of the West. Thanks yeah, a lot, folks. Tradition. We'll, we will talk to you again. Thanks for listening to Emil Franzi's Voices of the West.